listening to the Alan Carter Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome to the program in a beautiful Monday morning. Just gorgeous as we get the week underway. I know a lot of us shaking off the cobwebs last night after shaking our fists at the TV screen, especially during that third quarter where things just seemed to go absolutely pear-shaped. For the Toronto Raptors, we're going to talk more about what's going to be happening next, namely a trip to Oakland, where the Raptors will try and regroup for Game 3. That is on Wednesday. We are going to check in with Camille Caramali, who will be traveling to Oakland as part of the Global News team that is covering the finals. And for some reason, they have included me in the list of people to go. I do not know why. I well, I do know why because I'm I have been cheering and going on about the Raptors forever uh, through you know thick and thin, and I think they just felt that I would likely cry if I didn't get to go, and that I mean I think there's a value in that not seeing me cry. Did you have a lovely weekend? Did you happen to have a beer or two? Any kind of a, a suds? Did you enjoy, as my father likes to call them, a brown pop? Beer, beer, beer. Well, if you found any beer, I mean, you could have some, but could you find beer? Was there any beer to be found anywhere in Ontario? Because if you were to watch the social media accounts of our MPPs, you'd think that there was an absolute lack of beer, that you just absolutely couldn't find any anywhere. Beer sounds incredible right now. We're going to talk more about what is going on with that in just a couple of moments, because, you know, as they went looking for that beer, all they could find was poor, sad sack convenience store owners. No beer, just beef jerky and scratch cards of shame. Doug Ford in the legislature today, he dodged a number of questions from the opposition, as he does. And then, here is what we refer to as a softball. What happens in the legislature is there's an order of questions, and it's always the official opposition that has the first question, and then it moves back and forth and down the line, and eventually the government one of the government members gets to ask a minister or the premier a question, and it generally goes something like, uh, Premier, can you please tell us why it is we're doing such an awesome job? Like, that's generally the gist of the thing. So here is Doug Ford today trying to nail a softball over the plate out of the park in this beer league question from the PC benches. Well, I want want to say to our friend from the United States, we're the only jurisdiction in the entire world that had a sweetheart deal from the previous liberal government, the liberal lobbyists that made millions of dollars off the backs of the taxpayers, increased the cost of beer at the beer store. And And Mr. Speaker, we're going to make sure people have the convenience when they hold a barbecue to be able to go into the store and actually buy a case of beer. Thank you. Thank you. The supplementary question. Hold on. A case of beer, Premier? Did he just say a case of beer? I don't know what you, what you consider a case. I, to me, a case is, is something in multiples more than six. That's what I would say. And here's what I can tell you about cases of beer in this province. Part of the master framework agreement that governs where beer can be sold in this province dictates that the beer store, the brewer's retail, is the only 
retailer that can sell multiples 12 and above. There are some exceptions in places where there is just not very much coverage, and some LCBOs can sell 12s. You occasionally will see that. But if you've ever asked yourself, how come I can't get a 2-4 here at the LC? Well, that's why. So is the premier actually now saying that, well, wait a second, I can go in the max mill and get a 2-4? Because that is considerably different than what other provinces have. Now, I want to point out something to you. Did I don't know if you heard it at the end there. It was one of these. Bit of a slow clap. See, because everyone needs to stand when the Premier speaks, and I'm speaking to you, PC MPPs. If you do not stand and applaud with enough enthusiasm, you're going to find yourself seatmates with Jim Wilson and Randy Hillier, and Hillier reeks of tobacco and tree sap. So let's hear that again, PC MPPs, but this time with a little bit more enthusiasm on the clapping. There. Now, nobody would say that our government, our backbenchers, are a bunch of trained SEALs that just jump up and do whatever the bidding of central command is. That that doesn't make any sense. That wouldn't happen uh, unless we're talking about, oh, MPP Dave Smith, who's on his way to a convenience store. And here's Dave Smith at the corner store. Can I have beer here? Unfortunately, it's all the general store in our small. We don't serve here. We'd like to, and we try to get it, but we're in the process of getting it, and we're like, it's ridiculous. I'm out here for the cottage, and I drive all the way back into I know. It's unfortunate, and hopefully in the future we can get it. This is just totally uh, random. This is spontaneous. Yeah. Well, that, wow. That really happened, didn't it? That is a Twitter video posted by the MPP. And if you were anywhere near social media this weekend, you saw a number of MPPs all visiting convenience stores in their riding, some taking pictures with the owners of the convenience store, talking to them, expressing their sheer horror and, and, and shame at not being able to sell beer. And then there was Peter Bethlen Falvey. If you get a chance, look at his. Look him up because nothing says just spontaneous than the look he has on his face where he's you know he's got he's got his white shirt no tie and he's like I don't there's no beer there's no beer here uh the finance minister Vic Fideli visited at least four at least four convenience stores in his riding and posted pictures that's a lot of beef jerky for a man to pick up I'm just saying he might you know what he he, he might want to you know get a couple of prunes in him I'm just saying. But my my point with all of this is there is a method to this madness. And here is the point as I come to the sharp end of the pencil. And that is the lunacy of it, the sheer SCTV kind of quality of it all, is by design. You'll recall that the MPPs also did this with the, you know, gas tax and the carbon tax. And, well, I'm pouting while I'm filling up my car. Well, and then that was lampooned everywhere. You'll notice that part of the lampooning, and I noticed this too, I I tweeted out a couple of, you know, kind of cheap shots or, you know, just kind of jokes about, you know, Vic Fideli going to every convenience store. And lo and behold, the head of communications from the PC party, from the premier's office, liked and retweeted it. 
And you see that across the board. And here is my point. They believe, the Premier's office believes, that this plays to their base. That even though it's ridiculous and mocked, all of us, all of us amplify it by saying, look at how ridiculous that thing is. And it just gets amplified and amplified. And especially on the beer thing, it looks as if the PCs will be able to put beer into corner stores perhaps as early as Labor Day. So then Labor Day is going to come, and they're going to say, hey, remember all of those, you know, downtown pinky raisin elites who made fun of us and made fun of you? Well, there you are. Enjoy your pap's blue ribbon. It's right there, apparently in a case size, according to the premier. Now, don't think about the ramifications of just absolutely ripping up a deal and quashing it with legislation. Don't think about that because you're having a barbecue. And you wouldn't... Let's just play that one more time. Let's Can we go back to the poor Dave Smith? Just play him underneath me because I don't want this to happen to you. Do you not have beer here? I don't... Unfortunately, I saw the general store. Oh, my God. There's no beer here. We'd like to and we try to get it, but we're in the process what do you mean of it's, it's only in the grocery store across the street? I'm, I'm up here for the cottage, and there's there's the LCBO just down over there, and then there's. Oh, you know what I'd like to do? I'd like to pay. I'd like to pay a. Can we pay a billion dollars of taxpayer money so I can get that beer? That is going to be one pricey beer. I wants me that beer. Did you see who was at the game last night? We had Barack Obama in the house. Wow. Doug Ford there weighing in. I didn't see the premier there, but uh, a lot of big stars. Jay Cole was there, I hear. Rapper Jay Cole, big fan. Uh, what I was not a big fan of, however, was the third quarter last night because, my goodness, the, the studio here at uh, Global News Radio is almost as cold as the Raptors shooting in that third. There was 23 points from Steph, 25 points from Clay Thompson last night, and Golden State blows out Toronto in the third, scoring the first 18 points of the frame to seize control of the game. Up to that point, we'd been golden. It looked good. Everything looked fantastic. And then we just, it's like we went back to halftime. Yeah, that's what that's the, what the rim was doing to us. Well, it's like we went back to halftime and everybody decided, I'll have the veal parmesan. That's what I'll have. Wait, oh, there's another half? Oh, my. Well, I'll put down this buttery popcorn then and pick up the basketball. Because it just did not look good. Here is Kawhi talking about the lack of offense. I feel like in that third quarter, um, you know, we didn't score the ball in like the first five minutes, four and a half minutes. Obviously led to them uh, getting out in transition early uh, and, um, you know, a lot of layups and open looks. And that was pretty much the game right there. Went on like a 15, 18-0 run, I believe. And, you know, you can't do that with a, with a championship team on the other side. Yeah, no kidding. And I just want to give you a bit of a – I don't know if you've ever watched those post-game things, and maybe this is self-evident to you, but I, I didn't notice this before I started covering the uh, this run. And that is, uh, at the end of every quarter, the league, the NBA, hands to every press member uh, box scores for that. And then at the end of the game, there's full box scores come out right away. 
And so often when you'll see the players, they just sort of sit there up on the podium and they have all of the stats laid out directly in front of them. So it's not like Kawhi's like, well, I think, you know, like he's got that in his head and we think we didn't, we scored this many points in this amount of time. Like that is all those stats are right there in front of him. Now, I'm not so, like a guy like Kawhi, I suspect he probably knows all of that stuff because he just seems like that kind of player. But that gives you a sense of what's actually happening when you're, when you're hearing those clips. Uh, here's Steph Curry more on how it was that the team was able to overcome that early deficit and win in game two. We established our defensive presence. It's just solid, and we know that we've taken control of the momentum, and then it's just about sustaining it you know, down the stretch. So, obviously, third quarters have been great for us. Game one, and couldn't get over the hump, but uh, tonight was, was a different story because of our defense, and everybody contributed to that. That is Steph Curry, who was doing Steph Curry-like things last night, just hucking up the ball from essentially midcourt and and the thing is, is it, it it looks like a golf ball just going in there. Like it just like it goes up in the air, and you think there's just it's going in, nothing but net, even from that far. That guy is incredible. And you watch that team, and you know it's you want to hate them, but there's a lot of talent there. I'm I'm working on my hate. Uh, no dislike. Let's go with dislike. You know who who I'm very fond of is my next guest, and uh, I better be fond of him because I'm going to be spending a lot of time with him over the next couple of days, and that is Camille Caramali, who is the global news reporter who is part of the team that is traveling to Oakland to cover Game 3 and Game 4. Camille, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, speaking of spending time together, you're covering the tab and bill for all the filet mignon and the steak and lobster that I'm planning on having in Oakland, right? Uh, that's That's on you. Yeah, yeah. Doug Murphy is the CEO of the company. He often he doesn't listen to the radio show uh, unless he's in the bathroom because they just play it in the bathroom. And I think right about now, let me just check the time. Twelve twenty is usually when he's in there. So you just maybe just we'll just ask Doug on your behalf. Perfect, perfect. Okay, I already ran it by uh, sure by him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. it was was nice. It was a nice career that you had uh, while it while it was <laughs> while it lasted. Yeah, while it lasted all fifteen minutes. What are you like twenty three now? Um, so this is going to be kind of like a sitcom. You and I going to Oakland to cover this together. You know, kind of like the odd couple. You're the young, uh, hungry guy, well-versed in social media. You shoot your own content. You edit your own content. And I am a diva. And so there is just, I'm just an aging, out-of-touch uh you know, pudgy white guy. That's it. Do that '90s sitcom thing where we have like a really cheesy intro to some really you know twangy music, and we just look at the camera and look at each other and shake our heads. Like, is that? I, I think we should have like a sidebar piece where we where we just have this '90s sitcom uh, uh, thing that we do. I, I like that. I like that. I think Perfect. we should. I think you know, we'll watch that. You know, what you should do is you should figure out how you put that on Instagram because I have no idea. Maybe we Snapchat <laughs> it because that's what you're there for. Let's not exactly. kid ourselves. You're exactly. there to figure out how to do that stuff. I'm there for you. I'm going to be Instagramming your uh, your content and on your page. So this is going to be the Alan Carter show. All, all the time in Oakland. And you've just got your career back. Well done. Um, <laughs> now you're talking. Let's talk about what we actually are going to be covering. And you put a shout-out on social media today. What are you looking for? I did, and I'm looking for Toronto Raptors fans uh, who are heading down to Oakland. Look, I checked Reddit. I checked Facebook. It, it, you know, it looks like uh, there isn't that big of, uh, of a group of Raptors fans that actually live in Oakland. You know, some people reached out to me back on Reddit saying, look, my friend 
uh, a friend of a friend uh, who works at an, you know, uh, a body shop is, uh, is a Raptors fan. But it seems like, you know, it, it's like six degrees of separation. So uh, if there are any Raptors fans that are planning on doing a fun little road trip down to Golden State, down to uh, California, to Oakland, then uh, give me a shout. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Camille Caramoli and uh, would happily love to showcase her journey as well as uh, talk to you while we're down there. Yeah, and I've uh, retweeted uh, Camille's um, content as well, so you can find that there on my Twitter as well if you uh, don't already follow Camille, which you should. And what is it that we are planning on doing? What kind of content are you doing? I mean, obviously, we are not rights holders, so there is some limitation. We are not embedded into the team the way the rights holders are. But what is it that, what kind of color are you hoping to bring us? Look, this is uh, obviously going to be a historic series, a historic couple of weeks for not only just Torontonians, uh, but uh, really, I would argue all of Canada. I mean, you know me, I'm from Vancouver, but uh, still grew up a Raptors fan. Uh, You know, from coast to coast, uh, people are watching the NBA Finals here in the country. So really, this is us going down there, representing Canada, and getting really the Canadian content out of California. So, uh, you know, we're looking for Raptors fans. Uh, I already reached out to Smash Mouth to try and get uh, them to talk to us. And they responded, Alex. Really? They tweeted back at me. So yeah. it looks like that's in the works. I don't want to give that up just yet. But uh, you know, uh, okay, Tell me the truth. Tell me the fun. truth. Have you, had you heard of Smash Mouth before this? Yeah. You know, really? He once told me the world was going to roll me and, I, and that I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. I mean, I did watch Shrek, and that was like the main theme song for Shrek. So I do know Smash Mouth. <laughs> So, so you watched it as a child in a child's movie. That's great. Yeah, you're, you're totally, you're totally calling me out of this. Yes, yes, it was. I mean, you know, everybody saw Shrek, so it was that song All Star, right? That's that's, that's really all they're known for. So, sure. Um, so, I mean, hopefully, we'll get a one on one with Smash Mouth and get their two cents on why they believe the Raptors are going to lose the series. And and you know, uh, I reached out to New Balance too. Uh, it, it's going to be fun to get. Uh, people's reaction to that big Kawhi Leonard, uh, you know, advertisement by New Balance out there, uh, you know, so... Yeah, it's the one that says the King of the North is coming. King of the North is coming. What a troll job, hey? Yeah. I, mean, I, would, I mean, imagine if we saw a big Steph Curry billboard here uh, while driving down the DVP. I mean... You know, I don't. I, you, you, we're obviously going to get some pretty, pretty angry, angry Warriors fans down there on that. So to answer your question, color. Uh, you know, uh, trying to get some Canadians down there and and really try to uh, represent and and let Canadians back home and Torontonians back home know that uh, look, the Raptors are well represented down in California. Here's what I'm thinking: we do is we rent like a flatbed truck. And, and then we get, like, a whole series of giant speakers. Like, we get them from KISS or something. You know, like, if KISS is not touring, we get their speakers. And then we just pull up outside of Oracle about a half hour before game time, and we just blast Drizzy. We just blast started from the bottom and just see it. what happens. I love it. Instead of reporting on the story, Alan, we become the story. I <laughs> mean... That's that's what journalism's about. Right? That's Gonzo. That's a, a guy by the name of Hunter S. Thompson. I, I, he wasn't actually in Shrek, so I don't know if you've heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? 
this would also play great in our 90s sitcom show. I think I did that for us, you know? Like, uh, Alan's at it again, and then me just shaking my fist at you and then looking at the camera and shaking my head. I th- you know, just those little 90s uh, cheesy cliches, we'll, we'll, work in, we'll, we'll work it in. All right. Well, we'll have to get the, uh, we'll have to get the tagline or that cell line, <laughs> or the, that line. Okay, Camille Karamali, a global news reporter who was kind enough to uh, join us on his day off. I appreciate that, Camille. And we'll see you on the flight tomorrow. And we'll see you tomorrow, Oakland bound. the chief commissioner of the inquiry into the missing and murdered indigenous women and girls tolling survivors today that they have begun to rewrite history. A direct quote here that this is the result of, quote, a persistent and deliberate pattern of systemic racial and gendered human and indigenous rights violations and abuses perpetuated historically and maintained today by the Canadian state designed to displace indigenous people from their lands, social structures, and governments, and to eradicate their existence as nations, communities, families, and individuals. This, she said, the B.C. judge, Marion Buller, this is genocide. Mike Lucatur is at the Canadian Museum of History in Gatineau, where these words were spoken this morning. Mike, what was the reaction when those words were said? There was a, a chill and a silence in the room, but also uh, a rising up. You hear the voices, the cheering from a lot of the survivors and survivors' families in the room, um, finally hearing these words, finally hearing the acknowledgement of what they have known to be the truth for so many years. Um, and that is what this has been not only today, but this entire journey, hearing the truth, having somebody finally listening to their truth as they speak it, as they have lived it. Um, And many times during many of the speeches uh, from many of the commissioners, um, a lot of those calls to action were responded to with that rising up of voices um, and applause and shouting. Uh, Finally, these people feel like they are being heard. Finally, Indigenous Canadians, Indigenous women and girls are uh, feeling that they are being heard in this country um, and that something will come of this. And that um, is, is what the message is, even from Prime Minister Trudeau, that this is not the end of a chapter, it's the beginning of a new one, and it's the beginning um, of hopefully the healing for the people that have gone through this. Um, and to Commissioner Michelle Odette's point, the dismantling of the structures of colonialism within Canadian society that gave birth to this tragedy. And um, many people here hoping that this does not just become another report that goes on a shelf somewhere. They've seen this time and time again, um, where governments have done commissions, have done inquiries, 
and said they were going to do something, and then it's on the shelf. I'm Minister Trudeau to that point today saying this will not be another report on a shelf. We will take action. This is day one, and we will ensure that we are going forward. Now, part of the thing about going forward right now is that uh, they're, one of the calls to action, the first recommendation is developing a national action plan. I was talking to uh, a couple of uh, sources inside the Liberal government, and we were asking them what we can expect from uh, Indigenous Services Minister uh, Carolyn Bennett um, and Minister Shim O'Regan when we asked them questions in just a few moments, and they basically said, well, look, um, we have to study this report, and we will, and point one is meeting the first recommendation, which is that national action plan so that they can't commit to anything else until they commit to that action plan. We expect that they will, but then everything else will cascade down from that uh, and making sure that all 231 recommendations are met. Mike Lucatur is a Global News reporter in Ottawa covering the report as it has been released. Mike, thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for having me. I want to bring in Sharon McIver, who is a lawyer and a petitioner to the United Nations Human Rights Committee and has long work on this file, and I'm very pleased to have her on the radio program. Hi, Sharon. Hi. I want to quote from the report really quickly, and that says the Nets talks about the necessary steps to, quote, end and redress this genocide. And the Chief Justice writes that skeptics will be fearful and will complain that the financial cost of rebuilding is too great, that enough has been done, and enough money has already been spent. To them, I say, we as a nation cannot afford not to rebuild. Otherwise, we all knowingly enable the continuation of genocide in our own country. Your reaction to those words? Well, the reaction to the words is that that um, this has been uh, well aware of for a long, long time, and and we know that uh, the implications of this report and other reports is that yes, it's going to cost money to to undo the damage and try to rebuild something that isn't so harmful. Um, uh, my particular fear is, is that, uh, as we said, it's going to go on the shelf. But the thing is, is that Canada has not addressed the issue at all. Uh, we've got the report now that we've got some research done. We've got uh, everybody saying, okay, well, let's do something different. One thing that they can do right now, right now, tomorrow morning, is uh, uh, get rid of the root cause of the violence against Indigenous women and girls. The root cause um, that has in the report and is in an international uh, decisions and all of that is that the ongoing discrimination in the Indian Act is the root that discrimination in the Indian Act is a root cause of this violence against Indigenous women and girls. It's a root cause. And they can, with a, an order in council with the cabinet tomorrow, they meet, the cabinet meets on Tuesdays, um, actually get out, take out the uh, discrimination in the Indian Act. As an act of good faith, they should do that tomorrow. If they do that tomorrow, maybe there's some hope that they won't uh, just ignore the report, give it some fancy words, and then, then walk away and do what they've been doing for 143 years.
I guess to sum up then, if we sum up quickly, that because we have seen these reports before and then when we start talking about money, we know that all of a sudden everything bogs down. But you have more hope today than you did yesterday? Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, Canada has been put on notice. But all I'm saying is that uh, the Indian Act has discriminatory sections in it. There are draft pledge or there is a law there that needs only needs an order in council. It needs the, the prime minister's cabinet to say they're in effect, and they can do that tomorrow. And if they can do that um, before the 21st of June, that will indicate to those of us that have been fighting for this for our entire lives that maybe we can trust they're going to do something. Sharon McIver, thank you so very kindly for being with us. We're going to get to a study on coffee, on whether or not it's killing you, killing you faster, or killing you slower than you thought. Because those are the only options when it comes to coffee. Because it's something that we must have. It's something that I can't live without. So clearly it's going to kill me. Because, you know, like, you know, the old bit, everything gives you cancer. Like, I just, you just figure, if, I, if it's this good and I need it this much, it's probably killing me. But is it killing you faster or slower than you previously thought? That story coming right up. But first, I want to take you to Birmingham, Alabama, where a Methodist church in Alabama is now screening an episode of the PBS children's show, Arthur, that has been shunned by Alabama public television because why? It features a same-sex wedding. The First United Methodist Church in Birmingham is going to host a free screening of Mr. Ratburn and the Special Someone on June 15th. There will be cake and juice. It's your Arthur News. Quickly to North Carolina, where the time to apply for ginseng harvest permits in two national forests is approaching. I did not know this. But there is a permit required to collect wild ginseng in two national forests. Uh, Those seeking to get a permit have to call or submit their name. Here's the thing. Why is it take a permit? Because ginseng attracted prices of $600 to $900 a dry pound last year. It takes 300 plants to make one dry pound. That is a lot of cash for a lot of ginseng right there. Quickly, to Moscow where Russia's communicators regular says Tinder is now required to provide user data to Russian intelligence. The Russian Communications Oversight Agency published a new list of online services operating in Russia that are required to provide user data. Russia adopted a flurry of legislation in recent years meant to tighten control over the online activity. So in other words, the state knows if you're swiping right. I will swipe left on that. California, last one, an rare all-white fawn has been found and rescued in Northern California pardon me, by a truck driver who delivered the animal to a rescue center. The Sacramento Bee reporting Sunday that the small albino deer with a pink nose and large pinkish ears was discovered sitting in the middle of the road. The three-week-old fawn's mother was not found. Bambi, 
all I'll say about that. Bambi. Do you like a cup of joe in the morning? How many cups of joe do you enjoy? This is the thing when they ask you, how many cups do you drink? I never know what to answer because what is a cup? It, you mean like a like a legitimate, like a cup that you measure? Because I'm having 800 of those. Or do you mean the mug or the big bubba that I carry around with me all day? And then does coffee after 6 p.m. count as coffee? I don't think that does. I think that's 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 an after-dinner drink. It's an aperitif, I think. There is a new research out that says coffee lovers who drink up to 25 cups a day can rest assured the drink is not bad for their heart. This is according to scientists. And to talk more about it, I am joined by Laura Hensley, who is the global online national online journalist. How many more times do I have to say online about you? Just keep saying online, online, online. online. So are you actually just a digital representation of yourself? Or are you? Yes, yes, okay. yes, exactly. That's my title. <laughs> All right, let's get into the coffee thing. What What is this report? have to say. Okay, so this is really good news for coffee lovers. So a new report out of the UK found that if you drink up to 25 cups of coffee a day, you are not upping your chances of having a heart attack or stroke. So this is important because previously there was some research that thought, you know, the more coffee you drink, the harder it is on your heart. But now researchers are saying, hang on, you can drink over 20 cups and you really aren't going to be doing any serious damage. That, does it include Baileys in it? No? Is there a, is there a category mean, for that? I feel like that needs further research. You know, the Baileys and coffee uh, research is lacking. But when it comes to just, you know, straight coffee, you're in the clear. Okay, that's that's good to know. Uh, but what, the research pre- previous didn't really say that there was a health risk as much as it just kind of amped your heart and that that somehow down the line could lead to a problem. Right. So there was usually, there has been a belief, I should say, that the more caffeine you drink, the you know, the higher chances that your arteries are going to become stiff. And the stiffer your arteries are, that has a relationship with a heart attack or stroke. But, you know, what this new research is saying is that you can drink a lot of coffee and you're not really going to have any negative implications on those arteries becoming stiff. Now, do you, do you drink a lot of coffee? I, I do drink coffee. I don't know what a lot is. I drink about two cups a day. Two, like, yes. okay, two. Okay, now, are you a coffee snob? Do you mean, do I like nice coffee? Yes. I don't really like, you know, mm. you, you instant turn, coffee. You, no, but or... you turn your nose up at like somebody's, we're all going out to Hortons. You're like, I don't like that. That's too mainstream. I'm, I, I honestly do not like Tim Hortons coffee. I know this might be an unpopular opinion, but I cannot stand it. It tastes terrible to me. You know, they're very litigious over at uh, Tim Hortons. So, uh, Laura Hensley, <laughs> that's laura.hensley at globalnews.ca. Send all legal representation there. <laughs> uh, but I agree. Look, I agree with you. Uh, I, and I also, I used to be the kind of person that I c- couldn't care less yeah. about coffee. And now uh, my partner is, a, a, you know, fastidious and only has one particular kind of very high-end coffee. And I got used to it, and now I can't drink anything else. When you start to drink good coffee, it's really hard to go back. It's the same thing with wine. If you drink cheap wine your whole life and then have a nice glass of wine, you no turning back. I feel the same way about <laughs> flying coach or first class. <laughs> <laughs> just I can't afford either the flight or the wine because right. that's the problem. But with the coffee is more affordable. And here's what I wonder about, 
you know, coffee snobbery mm-hmm. is, do you really think it makes that much difference at the end of the day, you, you, whether you're having this coffee or that one? You know, I think if you're someone who drinks black coffee or you have an Americano or an espresso shot, you really can taste the difference in quality. I think if you're having something like a latte or a cappuccino, you know, the milk and the froth, it's a, it's a different experience. But anytime I've had an instant coffee or, you know, a brewed coffee from Tim Hortons, I can really, really taste the difference. And then when you have a nice coffee that's sort of been cultivated in a way that, you know, people might say is more proper or official, you can taste the difference, I think. You know, Doug Ford would say that you were an elitist. I'm, I might be. Um, and that you're against being able to have beer in corner stores. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to comment on that. <laughs> no, but I bet you, I bet you, you're a pinky up when you're drinking your coffee. Are you not? No, I, I don't drink. You, no, I can tell. <laughs> you know what, Alan? I I'll admit I do like a good cup of coffee, but sometimes when you're so tired, you'll drink anything. So I'm not going to turn down coffee in the morning. Uh, Laura Hensley. Coffee? Laura Hensley is the global national online, online journalist, online, global online journalist, online. Thank you so much for being with us. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> All right. We're almost out of runway. But listen, you know what, folks? Uh, I am out of here for a couple days because as of tomorrow morning, I get on a flight. I'm actually flying on the team charter, which I don't know if that means the, like, like the team is at the front of the. I've never done this before. And so does that mean I can just go up and sit down beside Danny Green and go, hey, dude, what's up? Can I just do that? Yes, that's what that means. That means yeah. I can do that. Yeah. No, I think well, they just left like an hour ago. No. <laughs> so TV. I'm going to be hanging with Kawhi. Anyway, so I'm going to go and we're going to go to Oakland and make sure you watch Global News over the next couple of days because we are going to have the most incredible coverage. Camille Caramali, myself, Rob Leth are going to all be there covering this historic run. Game three, course Wednesday, game before. Uh, is on Friday, and then I will see you back on the radio program. Well, we don't see each other. You know what I mean. Uh, Monday, thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you again soon. Beer, beer, beer.